Good morning, North Shore. We're glad to be here. We want to start off, before we get into our message today, uh, by honoring our veterans, those that have served and sacrificed so much for ourselves, for our families, for our freedom, for our country, who we are, what we're about as a country. And so we also know that uh, some of our veterans are not with us uh, presently or not with us anymore. And so we would ask on their behalf if you would stand up. And so for our veterans who have served on our behalf as well as and in home too, please, we want to acknowledge you and our online church family acknowledge you as well. And so for those that have served and on behalf of those that are not with us currently, would you please stand on their behalf? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service, your sacrifice, your, your courage, your faithfulness. Thank you. On behalf of our families, thank you. Thank you. Our online family, thank you. Thank you, thank you for what you've done. Today's message is a little different than what we've done over the last eight weeks in our vision and mission series, as well as uh, the next series that we're going to and going through. This is a recap. I'm going to uh, synthesize what we've talked about for the last eight weeks. The desire is that we would take all these pieces that we've spent a couple times in each week and each lane uh, talked about in detail that we're going to put these pieces together so that we'd be able to see, oh, yeah, I get it. That's who we are. Oh, yeah, that's where we're going. Oh, yeah, that's what we're about. Absolutely. That, that makes sense put together. And I'm going to start with a pet peeve of mine. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I have a pet peeve about windshields. I have this ritual before family trips that I give extensive attention to our windshield. I do the whole cleaning. I've got special cleaner and I've got a special towel. I've got some in the trunk for the trip on the way. I give a little conditioning of Rain-X because that gives it just a perfect clear uh, shine. And on the inside of the windshield. I give special attention. Now, why would I do that? Because I want to be able to see clearly. And I've also, some of you have been here as well, you've found yourself in dangerous places where you could not see. You could not see where you're going or what's happening on the road. Whether that was extreme weather or that was the sun just penetrating through the glass and you don't know what's going on, let alone you have your family with you. Thousands of pounds of steel at high speed around dangerous situations. Seeing clearly is really important to me. As a matter of fact, my wife just this last week, I was still here working on some things at the church. My wife was bringing our sixth grade, uh, sixth grade daughter here to youth group Wednesday night. And that night was really stormy. I don't know why, but some dark nights are darker than other nights. How is that? How does that happen? How do dark nights get darker? Well, this was one of those. And it was raining sideways and it was super windy. And she's ha having a hard time seeing anyways at night, let alone all those elements. And she called me and said, hey, can we just leave the car here? Can we travel together back home? Being the good husband I am, I said, no way, you're on your own. 
No, absolutely. No. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. Seeing clearly is really important. And seeing where we're going is really important. That's why we've done what we've done with our vision and our mission. To see clearly where we are going. Psalms 34.8 says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. See with your spiritual eyes as God opens up your spiritual eyes to see spiritual truths, to see him as he is, and to see his works as they are, to see his power, to see his majesty, to see his plan, to see his heart, to see his mind. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Seeing is really important to God. Seeing him accurately is really important. And seeing his works as they are, the works of God, is really important. Jesus' own words, Matthew 5, he said this, Let your light shine before others so that they may, guess the word, see, see your good works, what you're doing, and give glory to God and give glory to the Father. They would see the works of God in and through you and they would give credit to where credit is due. Seeing is really important. It's really important for the church. It's really important for us to see God, to see his works as we work out our purpose of the church. And it's really important when it comes to hope, hope for the world that the world would also be able to recognize that, to recognize the works of the church and connect it to the one that credit is due. Amen? So we introduced a couple things. One of them being this snapshot, this term, this snapshot. The snapshot is intended to uh, encapsulate the, the whole enchilada in a small little phrase. Hope changes everything. Hope changes everything. It is intended to be able to see, be seen from a distance, hundreds of miles away, as the example of Mount Rainier and Tacoma. Uh, from Ellensburg area to close to Tacoma, you see it from a distance, and as you get closer to it, it's massive. There's so much more to it. Same with hope changes everything. A couple things. When it comes to hope, that for us as well as for the world, for everyone, that there is a future possibility and a future reality. Future possibility when it comes to hope is that you don't have something right now that you hope for. You are currently, and I would say most of us currently, are hoping for something right now that we currently don't have or possess. And that could be I, I hope I find healing in this part of my heart. I hope I learn how to practice self-control in this way. I hope that this hard part of my life changes. Right? You hope for something that you currently don't have. And you hope that God will work in and through whatever circumstances, people, place, things to bring about this change. We all do that. I'm currently doing that right now in my heart. There's things in my life and relationship and mind that I'm hoping it gets better. How many of you that's true? 
something comes to mind. You hope it gets better, right? So there's a, a future possibility. But then there's also a future reality. If you have a relative that once they pass away, that that solidifies the inheritance to come, there is laws binding this, that it's just a matter of time, right? That is a future reality. It's yours. It's just a matter of the right things coming into place and timing. God uses that same terminology for you. With heaven, with eternity, with him, with all that God has for us in eternity, he says it's an inheritance. It's just a matter of time before that reality becomes current. Hope changes everything. That's what we're talking about. Current possibilities, future possibilities, future realities. We also introduced our vision, our vision, to see our communities changed through hope in Jesus one person at a time, to see our communities changed through hope in Jesus one person at a time. Now, what does this look like? What, what does change and communities changed and hope in Jesus look like? I want to bring it personally for a second. In what areas of your life have you changed? In what areas of your life have you changed for the better? What are some of those things that come to mind? How do you know you changed? How do you know things are different? What credit do you give God for that change? And then lastly, how long did that change take place? How long did that take for that change to come about? Was it a a radical spiritual experience within a moment? Was it days, weeks, months, years? It's possible, isn't it? It's possible. How many of you have changed? An experience change, right? It's something that God does. It's something that we do. It's, it's a part of us. It's the works of God. And so we invite, God invites all of us into this to see our communities change through hope in Jesus one person at a time. It starts with us. Transformed lives transform lives. As we ourselves are changed, we become instruments of change. We can't give away something we don't have. But as we have been changed, we get to invest in other people's change. Amen? As instruments of God. It's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing calling to participate with God in God's works. It's part of the purpose of the church. So it's really important to be able to see clearly where we are going. And it's also just important to, to know how to get there. To see where we're going and to know how to get there. If we said, you know, at the beginning of this uh, sermon series, this vision is this is what our calling is as a church. Okay, you ready? This is what Pastor Scott said. Go be the church. And then for the next eight weeks up to today, we said, go be the church. And then just keep coming back next Sunday, be the church. And then for years, all you heard on Sunday was, 
guys, just go be the church. Be the church, be the church, be the church, be the church. Everybody, just be the church. How well would we get there? What, what does that even mean, right? What does that even mean? We have to know where are we going? And then how do you actually get there? And here at North Shore, our mission, our mission path is clear. Our mission path is clear. And here it is. It's quiz time. How many of you love quizzes? <laughs> here it is. Here's your quiz time. Our communities will change when we passionately blank Jesus, radically blank one another. I'm going to have you guys fill this out yourself. So we helped you out. We primed the pump. We gave you one. What else are the answers? Online, what are the answers? You guys have been hearing this for weeks. Passionately pursue Jesus. Radically, oh, we got somebody helping you out. Right on. Radically love one another, somebody says. Compassionately blank our neighbors. Relationally blank all people. All right, everybody, and we're going to have the ushers come and, and pick those up, and we're going to grade you. Everybody ready? Here it is. Here at North Shore, our mission is clear. This is how we're going to go about reaching our vision, that we will see our communities change as we passionately pursue Jesus, radically love one another, compassionately serve our neighbors, and relationally disciple all people. Our mission here is clear. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's everything that we had intended it to be as God has elect, uh, uh, guided and directed us, that it would be biblical. It would be God-honoring, God-centering. It would require faith. It would be imperfect because there's us, right? It, it's, it's always imperfect. There's faults and flaws and cracks and whatever. It would require us to be stretched in ways. It would be measurable and tangible. You'd be able to see it come to fruition, our mission here is clear. So we're going to go through this and just kind of touch and, and briefly revisit where we've been here, starting with passionately pursue Jesus because that's where it has to start. Now we have verses behind these. We've used a variety of verses to explain each one of these elements of the path, but there's not necessarily one definitive passage behind each of these because we've used the whole Bible to support what God calls us to, what God calls the church to. So, for example, Romans 12.1 is one example of passionately pursuing Jesus, that we would live our lives unto the Lord, that we would live our lives as a living sacrifice, that we would still live our lives, not just die for God, but we would live for God, that all that we would do, it would be lived for him, before him. And it is a pleasing, beautiful, acceptable sacrifice to God. It's a beautiful thing to live for God. It's probably my favorite part of being a part of North Shore. It's probably my favorite experience on staff here. As there has been, and, and it's really ministered to me, a gentle spirit of being sensitive to the spirit. I've been in so many staff meetings where there has just been a beautiful sensitivity to the Spirit of God, giving room for God to work through prayer and listening to Him. 
it's been, it's really ministered to me. It's been fantastic how I've seen our staff, our ministry leaders, just passionately pursue Jesus naturally, genuinely. It's been wonderful. So all of our ministries, when it comes to our vision and mission, we live out this vision and mission. All of our ministries start here, passionately pursuing Jesus. It is the starting place. But some of our ministries live here. Some of our ministries live here. For example, our worship arts ministry, right? What we're doing right here, right now, they have creatively shaped and led in this environment so that we as the body of Christ online and here would passionately pursue Jesus together. Our biblical foundation classes are meant to strengthen and support us in passionately pursuing Jesus. Not knowing a bunch of information, but knowing God. Not knowing about God, but knowing God. Our prayer ministries, that this would be a house of prayer, is meant to strengthen and support us as believers in passionately pursuing Jesus. All of our ministries start here. Some live here. Live and breathe and eat and sleep passionately pursuing Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. Are we currently passionately pursuing Jesus as a church? Yes. Are we completely where we want to be in passionately pursuing Jesus as a church? No. We are holy, holy, not W-H, H-O-L-Y. We are holy, content, with where we are and discontent at the same time. Is God doing good things? You bet. Are we satisfied with how we are passionately pursuing Jesus? Yes. Is there more to know and grow in? Absolutely. Absolutely. But our mission path here is clear. Our communities will change as we radically love one another. John 13, Jesus' words, he said in that great call of love, he says, as you love one another, this is how. This is how. Not by the hat that you wear or the necklace that you wear or the clothes that you wear or the place that you go or whatever the pedigree is or you name it. This is how you will be known as my followers, my students, my disciples, by your love for one another. Your love for one another. Some of our ministries live for this. Some of our ministries live for this. Like our membership class, believe it or not. It's not about filling out a piece of paper and signing a thing of, yes, I will do these things. That's the furthest thing from the truth. It's about belonging into the family. It's about being a part and belonging together to God's family. That's why Get in the Game exists. Our life groups are about radically loving one another. Our men's and women's groups are about men's breakfast. It's about radically loving one another. All of our pastoral care, when it comes to helping people work through hard things, bringing about forgiveness, leading people further in their relationship with Christ, bringing about reconciliation among broken relationships, Welcoming people within the family, that's all about radically loving one another. 
even our first impressions ministry in greeting our regulars, those that are with us, as well as those that are new, radically loving one another. In all of the pastoral callings, I mean, thinking about the political uh, temperature and where we've been, there's differences, right? There's opinions, right? There is division, right? I mean, within us, And to be reminded by spiritual leaders, regardless of whether you won or lost in your opinion or your vote, your brothers and sisters, there's a greater kingdom at work. And you have obligation to, unto the Lord, to radically love your brothers and sisters regardless of opinion, preferences. Amen? That calling, that calling... Are we here at North Shore radically loving one another? You bet. Absolutely. Are we exactly where we want to be? No, not yet. Are we wholly content and satisfied and wholly discontent at the same time? Yes. Yes. Both of those things exist at the same time. Our mission here is clear. Our mission path here is clear. Our communities will change as we compassionately serve our neighbors. And there was this beautiful story in Luke 10 that Pastor Scott led us into about the Good Samaritan. Man, that is such a great, rich story. And we saw these principles at play with this Greek word, splunk needsamai, right? See, be moved, and act, right? There's this amazing depth to this calling of compassion and serving. When it comes to our ministries, every single one of our ministries is about serving, is about serving. That's why we do volunteer ministry. It's why we do team ministry. We don't pay great players to play, that is like pastors and leaders, and they do the ministry. No, together we do the ministry. We are about team ministry. And so every single one of our volunteer, one, every single one of our ministries has volunteer teams that we serve together on. It's an amazing part of our spiritual growth and maturity. If you're on a team, praise God. If you're not on a team yet, we invite you into being on team. However your giftings and strengths and passions are, we invite you into that. Some of our ministries live, 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 live for compassionately serving our neighbors. Do you know that we are invested in 12 countries? Do you know we're invested in 12 countries? Do you know we're invested in six local organizations in seeing our communities change? Even the efforts, and I love it, man, it fills my heart so much. What was announced at the beginning of service about baskets of hope for Thanksgiving and ministering and blessing people, anchors of hope and ministering to our military families, tree of hope and ministering to people for Christmas, being a light. Man, that's life-changing. So let me ask you, are we compassionately serving our neighbors? Are we? Yeah, you bet. Are we completely satisfied? No, we're not done yet. 
We are wholly satisfied and wholly discontent. We're not done yet, but our mission here is clear. Lastly, our mission path, our communities will change as we relationally disciple all people. And you have the Great Commission. I guess if any element of the path has a significant definitive verse, it would be this one. But even beyond, the Bible communicates relationally discipling all people. The Great Commission. Therefore, brothers and sisters, go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And teach them all that I have commanded you. And know I'm with you to the end of the age. All of our ministries in one way or another... Everything that we do here in one way or another is about supporting, relationally discipling all people. As we lead people to be more like Christ, as we ourselves become more like Christ, we grow as disciples. As we just look at the prior steps, passionately pursue Jesus, does that help us make us more like Jesus? Does that help others become more like Jesus? radically loving one another, compassionately serving our neighbors, all of those things support that, relationally discipling all people. Are we currently relationally discipling all people? Yeah. Yep, you bet. You you can't be involved in 12 different countries and not do that, right? You can't be involved outside of our, our church walls. You can't have the small groups and the ministries that we have and that not exist. Are we totally content with where we are? No, no. We want to only grow in that way. We want to grow in being relational. Amen? We want to grow in being relational. We want to grow in discipling and investing people. And we know we need to grow in the all people element of our church. Amen? That's really important. It's really important. We are not there yet. But we are wholly satisfied and wholly discontent at the same time. And our mission here is clear. We need to see where we're going. We need to know how to get there. And we need to respond. We need to respond with grace, truth, and faith. Grace, truth, and faith. The response is important because we're not made to be stagnant. Life is not stagnant. Creation itself is not stagnant. You are not stagnant. Eternity is not stagnant. You are always going forward or backward. Your body right now is changing. It is not stagnant. Blood is flowing. Cells are changing. Life, weather outside, is always changing. The clock continues to go. Life is not stagnant. Even stagnant water is really not stagnant. It is breaking down and deteriorating. There is movement in life, and God made it so. It is a universal truth. And so when it comes to knowing where we're going and how we're going to get there, it's really important that we respond. We respond with grace, truth, and faith. Grace, why? Because there's faults and flaws. This is really important. Because there's faults and flaws, right? You're going to see, as you've been in church, you're going to see faults and flaws of the church. You're going to see cracks and brokenness and things not happen, uh, 
uh, handled perfectly, right? You're going to see mistakes made. It's really important that we see that for what it is and be generous in our response. Generous in our response. Also known as grace. That we would be kind, we'd be understanding, we would be patient as God works in and through us as we see faults and flaws in the same way we need it ourselves. Amen? And that we would respond in truth. We'd respond in truth. That we would actually have candid conversations, honest conversations, as this is a part of a, this is a family business in a sense, that we would have honest conversations about things that are not working right or things that are needing to be done or things that aren't handled right. That happens too. And we need to be able to have the courage to be honest about that as well. And then faith. This isn't us uh, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and getting busy and being busy for a really long time. This is about us, about us responding to God in faith with Christ, with him, in whatever he calls us to. I want to wrap this up with some time in prayer. And I'm just going to lead us, I'm just going to kind of prompt us through a series of prayers. And so, uh, so in this time, would you join me in prayer with where we're going as a church, how we're getting there, and what God is doing in us as a church as well as us individually? I want to lead you through some of these questions here. So let's, let's go before the Lord here. Question number one, in prayer. How have you personally seen our church mission already being fulfilled? What comes to mind? Give glory to God. In what ways do you see us needing to continue to stretch and grow to fulfill our vision and mission? What, what are some of those cracks? What are some of those faults? What are some of those broken elements that are there? And what part might you play in helping that change? What part do you play? life has been instrumental who are some of those people that have been instrumental in helping you become more and more like Jesus who comes to mind give God praise that is not an accident Whose life have you been instrumental in helping them become more like Jesus? 
you've been in the thick of it. You've got your hands dirty. Who has God used? How has he used you? give grace to you see the imperfections you see the struggles you see the gaps you see the cracks who do you need to extend be conduit of God's and give it just as you'd want it give grace ask for God's help in that How is God stern in you to step out and act in faith, in being a part of your church family, in knowing where we're going and how we need to get there? How is God stern in you to step out and act in faith?